Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. All right, welcome to another episode of the Global Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Crillo. And today we have Seth Ferguson, who is an 11-year real estate veteran. He's a co-host of Purchase to Profits Podcast, where he interviews successful real estate investors and is also the host of a cable TV real estate show. Uh, Seth published his first book, Sell for More, in 2018. And he has a second book that's going to be uh, released in 2019. And uh, yeah, Seth, give me a little background. I know you're based outside of Toronto. And how did you go from, uh, you know, getting to investing, real estate investing? Well, I, I started off in real estate uh, in residential sales. Um, so at the time I was doing, uh, I was trying to make the NHL as a hockey referee, believe it or not. Um, so traveling all over the place and selling real estate seemed like a good fit, um, you know, where I, the the schedule was flexible so I could travel, still sell homes and do the games. Uh, but I realized after a couple of years that I had a few clients where they were, you know, they had acquired a number of homes and, you know, they seemed to be just thinking about real estate in a different way. And, right. you know, I, I was making what you would consider good money at the time. You know, I, I had the nice, nice house with the pool with the waterfalls in it. Yeah. I was driving a nice car, you know, going on these nice trips. Um, but I realized that, you know, I hadn't accumulated any assets. So whenever I sold a home, the commission was good, but then the cash just went out again and I wasn't building anything. So I, I uh, you know, you start acquiring some properties and at the time I didn't really know anything outside of, you know, what I was selling, which was single family homes. Uh, so it was a natural fit for me. I acquired, uh, you know, a number of uh, single-family homes, did a dupl duplex conversion. And uh, this was in uh, the Toronto market, which is one of the craziest markets right now in the world. Right. Uh, the average price uh, right now, I was looking at it uh, the other day, is like 800, let's say $850,000 is the average price, uh, which is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so that, that's, uh, you know, there's some challenges that go along with that because it's not a cash flow market. So your whole strategy has to change. Whereas, you know, if I'm investing in a rural town in North Dakota, chances are it's going to be a, a, a cash flow market. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because it's one of those things where you make the sale and then you're restarting it again. And I remember yeah. that when we were flipping houses, it would be the same thing where it's great, you've made your money and then Monday you're back to work. So it's one of those things that's great. Now, when you were, uh, when you're doing real estate sales, are you still now, are you still, do you, you keep that license? Are you still, I imagine? Yeah, I, 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 I have my license still. Um, you know, I, I have a group of awesome clients um, that, uh, that I've worked with over the past 11 years now. So uh, they'll, they'll call me, I'll, I'll help them out. Um, but uh, right now my main focus is on uh, the investing. Oh, that's great. Um, so what was one of the determining factors to go to multifamily? If you started in with, you know, you started with rentals and single family, what was the reason for going to multifamily? I, I learned, uh, after the fourth property that, uh, banks don't want to lend you any money, uh, on single family. They want your arm, two legs, your firstborn child and, and rights to everything after that. Uh, so 
Uh, and especially when you look at the lending environment, um, this was in Canada that was uh, with the single families. And the lending restrictions are a lot tighter um, in Canada than they are in the States. Pros and cons to it, you know, um, but uh, it, it's very tough to get financing, especially like I mentioned before, uh, Toronto is not a cash flow market. Uh, so, you know, when you're looking at, uh, you know, at your income on paper and your portfolio, even though you're, you're accumulating the equity through appreciation, um, the cash flow doesn't really balance it out and right. it's tough to get financing. So um, what happened was my, my son was born and I realized it, it was, I'm not sure if you have kids or not, but um, you know, when you're, or not that you know of, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, but my son was born, you hold your child for the first time. And um, I, I, as, a, as a new father, I, I just had that, um, that desire or that, that need to be better and do better for, for my son. It, 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 was a, it was a really weird experience holding him for the first time. And I knew that I had to scale my real estate investing a lot quicker and a lot better than I was doing it. And uh, multifamily seemed like a really good fit. Yeah, that's interesting that you say about the banks because that's one of the things that we have um, for properties I have in the United States personally. And um, they're smaller multifamily. And then we get into, we have an 81 unit that's under uh, contract right now outside Tampa. And it's amazing how the lending criteria for going, what's underwriters looking for on a five unit that I refinance compared to now on a portfolio. It's, it's amazing that it's not that much on you. It's more on the property and they're worried more about, uh, they're worried more about how long your leases are written than what you made last year. Well, 100%. And and this is a big message. I always try to get across from people. So don't think small. Every, everybody thinks, Oh, well, I want to get into real estate. So I'll buy this one house and rent it for X amount. And then I'll buy a house every year for the next 20 years and I'll retire. Right. A bank does not want to lend you $400,000 for your mortgage. (laughs) Like that's, it's sure they, they do. They have that arm of the, of the bank, but you know, the bank makes their money on the $10 million loans on the $20 million loans where you're dealing with, you know, an actual, you know, the, the larger multifamily properties, it's a business. Yeah. You know, you're, but when you think about it, you know, your, your tenants are your customers, you have professional management, you know, it's cash flowing. Um, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a lender, I want to lend my money on, on those types of assets rather than just, uh, you know, a single family home. Yeah. The risk is much lower. And also you have a loan originator that's pushing that through and they're getting their cut on that too. And they're going to be more likely to push through your $10 million mortgage than it is for your $100,000 uh, turnkey house that you're, you're financing or whatever you're doing. Yeah. 100%. And you know, if I could go back in time and before I acquired my first rental property, if I could go back in time and say, Seth, you know, this is Seth from the future. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, th- think bigger because you know, it was, I got into the single family homes because I just didn't know any better. Right. I, I, I think it, it's, people will make the right decision as long as they're exposed to the information. And even when I'm talking now with potential investors, you know, most people don't know about the benefits of real estate. They've never heard of depreciation. They've never heard of, you know, the, the, the tax benefits and all that stuff. So it's really, it's, it's educating other, other people so they can make it, uh, the best decision for themselves. Yeah. That's, that's partly, it's kind of right into uh, where we're going with this deep. 
if now you're raising money currently for projects with your with your capital group, Alba Crab yeah. Capital. Now you are raising for properties and projects in Canada and the U.S. Or, no, I, or just no. in the U.S. Yeah, so right now I'm concentrating uh, on Houston. I, I really okay. like the Houston market. Um, you know, there are some really good Canadian markets, mm-hmm. uh, but again, you know, I mentioned, uh, in, so in Canada, your two major markets are Toronto and Vancouver. And, and, and right now for multifamily, the, the cap rates are ultra, ultra compressed. It is ridiculous. And again, different strategy. I, I prefer uh, the, the value add strategy uh, for multifamily. Uh, so I, I think there are markets in the States that are a lot more conducive to that than, than some uh, pretty hot markets in Canada. Now, when you're raising money for your, your deals uh, in Houston mainly, uh, you, you're bringing, are you bringing Canadian investors in? Uh, do they usually yeah. come with you from, obviously from your book of business, from being in sales and stuff like that in, in Toronto? Yeah, well, well it's, it's interesting because I found that the relationships, relationships I built uh, selling homes and the relationships you build with uh, from sophisticated and accredited investors they, they're not they're not the same yeah. um, you know a, a lot a lot of my clients selling their homes they, they don't meet the criteria of a of an accredited investor so it's almost like building a totally different database yeah. um, I going into it I didn't really realize it would go that way but uh, yeah it's it's two totally different groups of people yeah. Did you have investors that you were selling when you were selling um, single family properties? Were you, did you have investors that were doing that? How were they making money or is it just on appreciation when you're back yeah. in Toronto selling? Yeah. So, so uh, the market, it's, it's really based on appreciation. So you're, uh, if, if you can acquire a property and be cash flow neutral for your first year, that's a great buy. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, you know, it's uh, I, I interviewed a guy named Chris Gray uh, from Australia. Um, he, um, really amazing guy, but in Australia, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, for some reason, Australians think when they rent out their property, they should give the renter an extreme discount and actually take a loss on, on the cost for owning the property. So oh. very similar strategies in that way. And, uh, you know, you just have to have a different uh, toolbox um, in investing in that type of market. Right, right. That's, uh, that's very interesting. The, when, what, what kind of projects are you involved with right now or that you have closed over the last uh, few months in, in Houston area? Yeah, so I, I was looking at a 160-unit uh, uh, property. Um, didn't go ahead with that one. Uh, so we are act, so I, that just so everybody's clear, I have not closed uh, my, my first deal yet. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm actively hunting. So if somebody has a great property in Houston, give me a call, ready to rock and roll. Um, but I am ready to rock. Um, so, you know, it, right now uh, where I'm at, it's, uh, you know, underwriting properties every week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, building those, that deal funnel, uh, you know, uh, lo- looking at all the deals and, uh, and I am ready to pounce uh, when, whenever I find the right property. What are your, uh, what's your criteria for properties you're looking at? Yeah. So uh, again, I, I mentioned I, I'm I'm of the value investing uh, mindset. So I, I'm looking for a property 1980 to 2000. Right. Uh, you know, value add component. Not a super heavy lift with the renovations. I'm not afraid of doing the renovations, but you know, let's say it needs a total overhaul, like you know, redo. That that's probably a little too labor intensive for myself. Um, operational value add. 
you know, going in uh, with some better management. I have some great contacts with some really solid property managers in the area. That's awesome. So it's yeah. mainly the Houston area. Have you looked at any other uh, areas through Texas or anything like that? No, you know, and I understand a lot of people now just where we're at in the market cycle. So we're in June 2019 right now when we're talking, um, you know, it, the market's pretty tight and it's hard to get deals. So I know a lot of people have expanded uh, their geographical area uh, because it's hard to get deals uh, that pencil out. Uh, my mindset is, you know, I want to go in and I want to know a market like the back of my hand. I don't want to build in that market. Um, I did a lot of research on, you know, on, on some markets out there and I chose Houston for a number of reasons. Um, but so I want to focus my business there, dominate there, get really good at it and then branch out, um, you know, once I've acquired, you know, three or four properties in the area. Now, when you're looking, because of obviously you find one of the properties, only one half of it, and now you have investors for the other half of yeah. it. Um, where are your, most of your investors that you're finding? Are they Toronto? Are they Canadian? Yeah. So, they, right. Yeah. I, very good question. So, I, of course, I'm meeting with a lot of uh, Canadians. Um, now, structure wise, you have to be very careful. And this is a really good message to somebody who is in Canada investing in a multifamily deal or any type of commercial real estate deal in the States. If the deal is set up as an LLC, you are going to get double taxed. You are going to get banged twice, once by the uh, IRS, once by the Canada Revenue Agency. Has to be um, LLP, right? Yeah, you have to go in as an LP, 100%. Um, just because of the way the, the CRA, so the Canadian IRS thinks about it, they don't have uh, something that equates to an LLC. So they say, well, you know, we don't have anything similar, so double tax for you. Uh, on the LP side, they do have, there, there is something that's, you know, very similar, so you're allowed to uh, flow it through. Awesome. So I imagine if you were raising money and bringing it to another syndicator, another sponsor's deal, you would have to obviously tell them, hey, this has to be LP, it can't be an LLC. 100%. And uh, I, I know LLC is the most, uh, you know, most people just go to that structure by default. Um, but I do know a, a good number of uh, syndicators that are doing deals in an LP structure. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just, you know, again, it's just educating yourself. So if you are a foreign investor, you have to know, you know, the, the tax laws and all the different entities and, and all the pros and cons before you put your money in, in a deal. Now, are you, uh, when say a Canadian investor comes to you and they're interested and they're on the sidelines until you find your property, the, are you putting them together with say a CPA or someone, a lawyer in the United States that will kind of help them guide them through the process or? Yeah, well, 100%. So, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, finding deals only half of it. The other half is finding capital. But there's a totally different part where your, your support structure and, and that team that you've built. So, uh, you know, I, I've got uh, a couple really solid uh, syndication lawyers who are able to answer any question somebody has. I, I do have a, a CPA who's, a, who's very familiar with cross-border investing. So again, able to answer any question that anybody has. So for, from a capital raising standpoint, you need to make sure that you have all the answers an investor can come up with. Um, because let's say if I'm putting my money in a deal and I ask a question and the person doesn't have the answer or can't get the answer, chances are I don't want to invest in them uh, because they, they haven't done their homework. It's all about right. being prepared. 
Yeah. And it's, and there's, there's so many different facets now dealing with, it's not just, Hey, us LLC, you're investing into this deal. And it goes from there. Now it's, and especially now the cross border thing. And you want to make sure that you're not getting, you know, everything. So many different parts of it that come out when you're, uh, when you're crossing the border there. But um, that's interesting. That's awesome. So um, have you had any hurdles with any of your investors that you've had kind of set with soft, uh, soft commitments or anything like that, that say, well, this might be an issue for me when I speak to my CPA or anything like that. Any issues that you might foresee that? Yeah. Uh, so w- whenever I, I'm having that initial investor conversation, I don't really do much talking. I do a lot of listening, yeah. uh, w- which I, th- I, which I think is one of the keys to successfully raising capital. Um, I, I would say right now, uh, the, one of the concerns is the Canadian dollar is garbage. Uh, compared to the U.S. dollar, there's about a 31% premium that you pay. Um, so it's uh, I, I wouldn't call it a hard objection. It's just something that comes up in the course of the conversation. Hey, you know, if I need if I'm putting in 100 grand, I actually need to put in 130 grand. It's like mm-hmm. yes, that's true, uh, but but let's talk about your return um, on, on that money within this five-year hold period. How this deal pencils out, and you know, it's always important to be cognizant of um, you know, ex- exchange rates uh, fluctuating during that hold period. Um, so it's just working it out through the, with the investors saying, hey, you know, these are the deal fundamentals. This is how it's penciling right now. You know, even if the exchange rate changed, you know, this is still a good deal and this is why. Okay. And is it pretty easy? I've never worked with Canadian investors before. Is it pretty easy getting funds? I imagine it's not an issue getting them into the United States when you're funding yeah, the, the, the tax treaty makes it easy. Um, you know, when it, I've never dealt with uh, international investors, um, but uh, Canada and, and the U.S. have a very, you know, it's not right. tax law is never easy to understand, but it's a pretty good uh, tax treaty that goes back and forth. Yeah, uh, the only thing that I understand from a syndication lawyer that I was speaking to before is the, the main thing is the LLC and LP thing that has to be, yeah. that's huge. Um, so, uh, so give us a little information on your, on your books and your podcasts, uh, purchase, uh, purchase the profits. And then also you're a, a cable TV host. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah. So, so that, that show is called real estate simplified. Um, so it, it's myself and two expert guests and uh, we'll, we'll discuss And it's not just uh, that show is not uh, strictly real estate investing. So we'll talk about uh, you know uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, development. We'll talk about uh, investing. We'll talk about selling your home. So it's an all-encompassing uh, show. So that, that's a lot of fun. Get to be on with a lot of great people. Um, in terms of the books, uh, my first real estate book uh, was written for somebody looking to maximize uh, their sale of their property. So it's called Sell for More, How to Sell Your Property for Maximum Value in Any Market. Um, that came out at the start of 2018 now, $24.99. You can pick it up. Um, and, uh, my second book is I'm in the middle of, uh, you know, putting the final touches on the manuscript. Um, I've done about 150 interviews with successful real estate investors, uh, lots of great people like, like you have on your show. And, uh, I noticed a lot of similarities or trends as once I got speaking with a lot of them, you know, they are successful for you know, specific reasons and, and the things that they're doing. So I'm taking all the lessons I've learned from all those interviews and putting it into a book format. Awesome. And so 
That's great. And when do you think that'll be out? That's going to be... Yeah, right it's towards year? the end of the year. Uh, once the manuscript's done, it goes off to the editor, then it goes through all that stuff. So uh, probably the end of 2019. That's awesome. That's really, that's really exciting. The, um, how did you get involved with your, with your TV show? I mean, the, the podcast, I understand. I, I mean, I've, I've listened to it before. It's great. How do the, for the TV show and where does that, and that's in Toronto, that's in Toronto. Yeah. That'd be a fan. yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately your, your American audience uh, can't uh, see me in action, but, uh, <laughs> um, how I got, uh, I had uh, filmed a couple uh, short segments, um, about five years ago. And, um, you know, I, I had a, a, I had a life change, um, and I, I I reached out to the station and said, "Hey, listen, like you you guys said you wanted to do a real estate TV show, is the offer still open?" And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> let's do it." Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that must have been that must have been great for for business for what you were doing when you were uh, selling real estate and stuff like that as well. I imagine. Yeah. Well, well, well the show launched uh, this year. So oh, it, it just launched this year. Okay. Yeah, so. it's still relatively fresh. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. It's, uh, it's a lot different than podcasting because like you've got all the super bright lights and they've got like three different cameras and all that stuff, uh, instead of just like the one webcam, but it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, it's great. Well, um, Steph, I really appreciate you being on the show with us. And, um, what I'll do is if, how can people get in touch with you and I'll put all the links for everything, including your books and everything like that in the show notes. Yeah, uh, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, uh, sethferguson.org. Don't go to .com. It's an evangelical preacher guy. So sethferguson.org. Um, and you can also just uh, Google Purchase to Profits. Uh, we're on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, you name it, Google Play. Okay, great. And then for your books, that's where can someone pick those up? Is that... Yeah, but uh, right now for uh, your American uh, listeners, just go to Amazon and uh, search sell for more. And uh, I'll have to uh, come back on your show once the uh, second book is released and then we yeah. can talk all about that. Yeah, that'd be great. I really appreciate it. So, well, yeah. well thank you very much for all the time today. And um, um, great success. Hopefully, you're able to find a property in Houston pretty soon and you guys can uh, get that started. We are ready to rock. So... It is imminent, but it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Thanks a lot, Seth. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Harborside Partners Incorporated exclusively.